there. Alexander Barkov, another shot for the Cats to win it in the seventh round. Barkov, let's go, baby! The Cats do it again! Hello and welcome back to the Palm Tree Podcast. Justin Bedford alongside Noah Russo. How are you doing this week, Noah? I'm good, how are you? Not too bad, not too bad. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, just, it's a busy time of the year, a lot yeah. of stuff going on. Yeah, um, I mean, Super Bowl, so. Super Bowl is good. NFL actually, football is officially over. Yeah, I feel bad. We meant to, last episode, we meant to do our Super Bowl picks at the end of the episode, because we recorded it uh, just a couple hours prior to the Super Bowl. Um, and then we forgot to. Yeah, we so, just We just, we just completely forgot, so. We didn't do that, um. But the Chiefs won. Yeah, I, I yeah the Chiefs oh, that's, won. That's who I wanted to win. That's who I wanted to win. All right, because um, you know the Niners are in the same division as my Seattle Seahawks. Right. Um, so obviously good for the you know the city of Kansas yeah. City. Yeah. Uh, getting the championship and the state of Missouri as well. Um, that was that was just good. See, it was a fun game. Yeah. Um, um, I I really enjoyed it. It kind of came down to the wire, which was really fun to watch as a fan, especially like. I mean, yeah, I did want the Chiefs to win, but, like, at the end of the day, I, I really didn't care. Like, if the 49ers had won, they would have been like, yeah, oh, well. Yeah, like, I wasn't, I wasn't hugely invested in really either team. Exactly. But, you know, I was just kind of hoping for a good game, and, uh, you know, was, you know, Patty Mahomes did his thing. He did. Uh, went off to Disneyland, got the MVP, um, so that was great. Andy Reid obviously getting um, his... The, Super Bowl, yeah, uh, was a huge story huge. there. Uh, everyone is just seems so happy for him, mm-hmm. um, which is just uh, great to see. Uh, yeah, just great game. Yeah, um, and now it's just a long time until NFL's back on. Yeah, but this is a hockey podcast, so we got to talk hockey, obviously. Yeah. Um, and two big Panthers games um, so far this week. Um, you have the Toronto Maple Leafs, who are a divisional opponent, and whoever won that one was going to leap into the divisional spot mm-hmm. in the standings. And then you have Columbus, who is one of those teams from the Metro. I believe they're in a divisional spot now, but they're another team. Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. in the divisional just, spot now. Yeah, they're just, just in ahead in. of the Islanders. Right, but they're the Islanders. T- the Islanders have three games on hand. Oh yeah, on Columbus, of so course. that probably won't last too long. But they're um, another team that you know, if the Panthers find themselves out of. Um, the you know the, uh, out of the divisional spot, that's a team that's going to be competing for the wild card. Um, so picking up points is huge, obviously, in these kind of games. Um, and really, like I watched, I watched both games. I didn't think like the Panthers. Obviously, they're missing Barkov, right? Yeah. Um, which is just a massive loss. You know, any team yeah. that loses yeah, your number was, one center, he, he was, he, there was there was a uh, confusion. Is he might he he was like. Uh, it was a game time decision for the Leafs game. Didn't end up playing, and then you kind of go like, "Well, like, what is this?" You know. Yeah. So it, it's tough because you know, there's seeming. It seems like the team's kind of downplaying it a bunch. Like it's not that big an issue. But if it wasn't that big an issue, I think you would have seen them play in a game against the Leafs where that's you yeah, know, important or, game. Yeah. Uh, for them against that, you know, Atlantic Division team. Yeah, or at least, I mean, give him the rest against the Leafs, but he should at least play against uh, the Blue Jackets after. Yeah. You know, and he didn't play against the Blue Jackets either, so, I mean, it yeah. kind of makes you wonder. 
Yeah, and like here's the thing: is like I, I watched both the games, right? I don't think in either game the Panthers were by any means the better team, right? Like they got for the most part pretty well outmatched by the Leafs. Freddie Anderson goes down with an injury. They're able to come back. Uh, Mark... I mean, they they got outshot thirty-four to twenty-one in that game. Oh yeah, well, they especially, didn't, like especially it... the second period in that game, the Leafs just dominated. And you're in the third period, and the Panthers are down three-one. And then, like realistically, probably the best player on the ice for the Panthers that night was Cody Cece, <laughs> because yeah. without him, they they don't get anywhere close to, to winning. It's, this it's game. a close tie between Pissick and Cece. Yeah, yeah. But, I don't know. Pissick I mean, had a great game. Yeah, uh, the Panthers were limited to three shots on goal during the second period. Yeah, no, the second no, period was not what you want to see. No, it was all Toronto in the second period, but Brovsky. Um, was excellent uh, in that game. Um, Pissick, um, obviously great for him getting getting the hat trick. Uh, it was great to see. The only area where I where I really liked the Panthers game consistently throughout the game was their compete level around the Toronto's net. It seemed like they were you know trying to muscle their way to areas, uh, track down pots yeah. right. And you look at a lot of the goals they scored were around that area, mm-hmm. um, which was great to see because. Yeah, by any means, it, it wasn't the best game. We know the Panthers can play better than that. Um, the loss of Barkov is huge. I mean, but in the Toronto game, the I think a, a huge highlight was also oh, highlight was also when Vitrano collided with Anderson and Anderson got injured. Yes, which right? was a, it, it was kind obviously of, a huge loss for the Leafs. Yeah, like it was weird because it looked bad and like it looked bad initially. And then Anderson kind of gets up and he plays the rest of the period and you're thinking, okay, he's, he was just a little shaken up, right? Um, but then it was Hutch the rest of the way. Hutchinson's in net for them again tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, which, um, I mean, that's just a massive loss for that Leafs team. I he was he was by far their best player, Freddie Anderson. Like, like not even close. Well, like, it's just that I don't I don't think that this Maple Leafs team is what it is without. Frederick Anderson. Well, that's the thing. Like when you look at, and I, and I don't want to talk about the Leafs too much, but Freddie Anderson, what makes it so valuable? He's a good goalie, obviously, very good goalie, uh, top tier goalie in this league. But it's just such a significant drop off between him and the guy that has to step up when he goes down, right? Yeah. Hence, hence all the trade talks with the Rangers. Yeah. For um, Gorgiev. Yeah, like like Michael Hutchinson. He, he obviously had a brutal start, you know, uh, to the season. But he's picked it up as of late. He's put together a couple uh, of good starts here or there. He wasn't great against the Panthers. Um, but he's just not anywhere close to the level of Freddie Anderson. And there are a lot of nights where the Leafs, with the way they play defensively, which they don't play defensively is how they play. <laughs> they you know they need their goalie to make some big saves here and there yeah. to get wins. Um, I mean, but credit to the Panthers in that game for being able to bounce back from that 3-1 deficit going into the third. Yeah, like it was. Yeah, I don't. They never like they, they yeah they were outplayed for the majority of the game, but they never looked like. And especially coming of off that four nothing, sorry, it was two one two one going into the third. But um, Matthew scored less than forty seconds into the third period to make it three one. So, I mean, and, their ability to bounce back. We've talked about this. Yeah, you got um, but especially being able to bounce back from that 4 nothing loss to Montreal on Saturday, 
Yeah, I mean, that that was just that was some of the worst Panther hockey I've ever watched. Which, and that's obviously, I think a lot of that is just the rest of the bye week. Exactly. So good on them for being able to come back from that specific game, um, and kind of like get the rest off. And it really showed against the Leafs in the third period. Yeah, I mean, the th- not sure about the first two periods, but the th- the the third period was definitely a much bigger highlight for the team. Yeah, for me, like watching. Uh... Watching the Leafs game, like what what the the big thing for me is they're down three one in the third, right? Um, the big thing for me is that you you come back, but you come back in regulation. You don't even get yeah. in the loser point, right? Um, and that's a hard thing to do. Um, and I think it also speaks because there's been you know some questioning around the Leafs is do they have the ability to shut down a game, right? Yeah, and you know you can't you can draw your conclusions wherever, um, but I think that was an example yeah, of Florida just never giving up. You know, we'll, we'll repeat it, but as of now, Toronto not in a playoff spot. No, and it's so close. Like Florida's in there now. They have the games in hand. They have a game one in hand. game in hand, but they'll have two after tonight, I think. Yes, because like, Toronto Rangers. Because I, I I don't you know. Well, they so. have one, and then the Panthers go up against Vegas. Yeah. Um. And then moving over from the Leafs game, you go to the Columbus game. Um, it's it's one nothing Columbus in OT, right? All, all I was thinking was, man, I would hate to have, like actually paid money to be there. Well, I, I, I wouldn't like that. Uh, that like, it's not for a lack of trying. Like obviously, you obviously see goals, not. And but very both teams cl- had some chances. Very close game, but oh man, I don't think I could watch that. Like I think that must be so frustrating to watch a one nothing win in overtime. Um, and I mean, like, like, all the credit in the world to Sergei Bobrovsky, because he goes in, back-to-back, back, he gets 44 saves. Yeah, like, both games, his team really hangs him out the dry, um, and he steps up, and, like, that, that win for me, like, not that win, that point they get in the OT loss to Columbus, that's all him. Yeah. Um, there's no doubt, um, in my mind... Obviously, on the other side of it, uh, big shout-out for Elvis Merzilkins. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just had a terrific year yeah. uh, filling and, in for Corpus Allo yeah, and taking and, over from Bobrovsky. Uh-huh. And I definitely think on that OT winner that Bobrovsky wish, wishes he could see that again. Oh, yeah. Where he could be there again. Like, uh, um, Wernski comes in short so- and shoots a short side. I mean... <sighs> Just a quick shot, you know. Well, that's the interesting thing, too. I, I don't think Bobrovsky was expecting the shot to come that soon. I, I think, think that's well, what it was. Thing is, well, first of all, he, he knows the guys in Columbus fairly well. Fairly well. They obviously know him very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you remember the last time, when it was his first time back in Columbus, just before the new year, I'm pretty sure it was Orensky that had a hat trick on him. Um, and so it was interesting to see that, once again, he's the guy that gets it done. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it is one of those games, one nothing game, uh, just massive for Sergey Bobrovsky to do that for the team yeah. and get that point. Um, and the other thing was Mackenzie Weger coming back uh, into the lineup, uh, yeah, from injury. Um, I mean, obviously he's going to be rusty. You expect that, yeah. Um, he played he played thirteen and a half minutes. He was the less. The least used uh, defenseman out there, but still, um, I, it's I, nice to see him back. It's out nice there. to see him back, and I, I'm all for just, I mean, giving him time to 
um, get used to the uh, to the pace of play again. Because I mean, he he still managed to get a shot on goal and two hits, even a block shot, no giveaways and, a, and one takeaway. Um, so I liked what I saw from him. I wasn't expecting much from him. It's well, kind of just a well, good game. And for... I'm just happy that he's back now, and that there's a little bit of a window now before the trade deadline where you can look and you have pretty much all of your D healthy, and so you can look at your D and you say go out there and perform. They don't do that, then you say okay, I need to make changes at the deadline because if they're going to make moves at the deadline, it's going to be around their defense mm-hmm. um, and, and trying to bolster that. And so you you have your full D, and it's like okay, this is what we're rolling with. Is this going to be good enough in the playoffs? And if it doesn't look like it is, then adjustments can be made accordingly. Yep. Um, so it's really important to have that health, getting Mackenzie Weger back up to speed and seeing, you know, what is this group when fully healthy capable of? Um, obviously, it'd be nice to have Barkov back too, just to see the entire yeah. picture. Um, it'll be interesting. Um, it's just it's great to have him back, obviously. Um, he was having such a good year before he got hurt. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's awesome to see him, him back out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it should be a huge boost to the team going forward. Yeah. Um, in Panther prospect news, Owen Tippett was named Rookie of the Month in the AHL for January. Um, in ten games, he got seven goals and eight assists for fifteen points. Um, it's nice to see him uh, be doing so well. In the HL. Yeah. Now, here's something I was thinking of the other day. Not the other day. Actually, I just thought of it just now. <laughs> um, okay, so you have Owen Tippett. He's tearing it up in the AHL. I think it's very clear to a lot of people, Owen Tippett is too good for the AHL, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's also clear that he's the type of player that you, if he's going to be effective at the NHL level, he's got to be in the top six, right? Because mm-hmm. he doesn't have, you know, the grit to his game to play in a third or fourth line role. It's just not yeah. who he is. And he's the one who he's the one who represented uh, the Thunderbirds at the AHL. Um, uh, what do they call it? All Star Classic. Yeah, the AHL All Star. Yeah, uh, he's the one who represented the Thunderbirds there. So um, definitely flourishing in yeah. the AHL right now. But I'm curious, like as you approach the deadline, right? And one of the names that's been floated out there a lot, and it's been a bit surprising, has been Mike Hoffman because he's a UFA. Because Florida's going to have to sign, you know, they have him and Evgeny Dadnov coming up as the big contracts. And it's kind of that, they're, they're in that position where you're trying to make a push, but like, is Mike Hoffman going to be that difference that's going to make your team go, um, I don't know, past the second round or well, the third round? Or I, I look at it like, can you take, like, what if you took Mike Hoffman, and this is just hypothetical, obviously. Hypothetical. You take Mike Hoffman. And you send them somewhere as a rental, right? And they send you back some picks. And then you call up Owen Tippett to fill in for him. Mm-hmm. Right? If you think Owen Tipp this is if you think Owen Tippett's ready and can handle that. And then you take those assets you got, that picks and whatever, and you package it with whatever, and you go out and you get the D you really need. Like is that a possibility? Yeah, in, is that a scenario? In my, I I really don't mind trading Mike Hoffman because I think there is very little chance he resigns in Florida, just given the amount of money he deserves and what Florida would be willing to give. Yeah, I mean, you, you hear people talk all the time about you know using a player as an own rental, right? Mm-hmm. But what if you can you know 
Like you can keep if, if, they could, if, if they could leverage trading Mike Kaufman in order to ultimately get a better uh, defenseman, I would be very interested in that. Yeah, I think that could be very very interesting. Yeah, uh, like yeah, I think it's I think it's a possibility because you have Mike Kaufman. Yeah, you can use him as an own rental, but if you if you think Owen Tippett's ready and he can fill in for him, then you don't need him as an own rental, and you might as well go. Send them somewhere, get the assets, and then try and get a rental that fits your need, which is the defense, mm-hmm. right? And we talked about some names last week. Um, there are a lot of names out there. Um, there have been a lot of reports recently that Alec Martinez, um, the Panthers have inquired on. Don't know if that's true or not. Yeah, and I'm not. I'm not surprised at all. Uh, it's just fits the need really it, it well. Fit, yeah, I mean, if you're looking at guys. That you want, you know, if you're trying to bring in a defenseman as a rental or whatever, yeah. right? And you look at Alec Martinez, and, and you know what does he have to offer? Uh huh. It's a left shot. He can play both sides. He's that. He's more of a shutdown defenseman, but he can still make nice passes. He's a good skater. He's won a cup. He scored the cup-winning goal in that cup win. <laughs> I mean, in overtime. There's a lot that he, I think, could bring to this group, and I think. Um. I think, you know, Quenville and Talon, I think they recognize yeah. the value in those things. Yeah. Because, um, you know, as much as, you know, you like to talk about, you know, advanced stats and things like that, when it comes to the playoff, having those intangibles is extremely valuable, I think, as long as the advanced numbers aren't, you know, 100%. Garbage. 100%. Um, so he would be a, a really interesting player. I think he'd be a great fit in terms of what it would cost to get him. It's, that's, they're, it's... If you're gonna want that kind of D, you're gonna have to give up a first round pick this year. Um, well, this year, coming up, right? Absolutely. It, a first rounder is the minimum that's gonna be expected. Absolutely, which is very which common is, around the. That's just what happens around the trade deadline, right? And yeah. especially considering the um, the the lower um, talent pool, to say the least, in this uh, trade center. It inflates the value of, um, I don't want to say worse players, but like less you're gonna be skillful paying, guys. Yeah, you're going to be paying more for guys that you wouldn't in other years. But it's also the case where it's like, I don't know, like if, if you look at all the defensemen that are out there, what's the discrepancy really between, you know, Alec Martinez or Brendan Dillon or, I don't know, Matt Dumba. Josh Manson is definitely not going anywhere, people have said. Yeah. Um, but, like, what's the discrepancy in the value between those players? Um, and is it, you know, is it such a small margin that if you can get a guy that's really cheap, you go out and do that? Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, obviously, a lot of teams are looking for defensemen. Yeah. As is the case every single year. Do, um, you, do you know if Kreider is back from his injury? Um, I don't know if he's back tonight. I believe he was skating, though, and... Yeah, I th- he's fi- like I, he'll be okay. He's not fine, but like, he'll be out there. He'll be okay. Um, it'll but, be. I mean, TSN's trade bait uh, list. This is Feb- from February third. Oh yeah, you know, here we got like ten minutes left on the podcast. Um, we didn't really plan much out today, but <laughs> I'm thinking let's go through like the t- how many people are on the list. There's thirty guys. Okay, let's go through the top thirty. Predict where they end up. All right, we'll start at the top. Chris Kreider, who you got? We have not planned this, not done research. This oh, is man. just shooting from the hip. Chris Kreider. Uh, here, let me let me pull up my stand. Oh, my God. Um, 
I heard Pittsburgh. Interesting. Potentially. Um, my understanding is if I were the Rangers, I'd rather send him out to the West. And I think it'd be... Does Calgary have their first rounder next year? This year? Yeah, they're the first rounder, I believe. Maybe Calgary. But that's the thing is he doesn't want to play in Canada. So he, you... Oh, like I didn't you, know that. You no. would have absolutely zero chance of receiving All right, all right. Um, my pick is St. Louis. St. Louis? Yeah. Jeez. Which, if they could find a way I don't to make see, it work... I don't, I don't want to see that. That would be, be terrifying. terrifying. They have some... <laughs> like, St. Louis has some big guys that can skate on that team. Like, that... You watch St. Louis play, man. That just looks like a tough game every single night. Yeah. Um, Alec Martinez, number two on the list. Uh, lefty. If... Based on him... Based on... I don't think it's a big deal for Los Angeles if he goes in the West or the East... But I've got to think that I don't think Toronto is going to be an option just because he's a left-handed D, and Toronto's need is for a right-handed. Even though D. he will play both sides, he, and he will plays play both, both sides well. But it it then it then it depends on the coach. Yeah. Right. Well, I've heard the Islanders are also in the mix for a D. Okay. But I I got to be honest here with Alec Martinez. I'm going to take our, our Florida Panthers on this one. Yeah? Yeah. I'm, I'm hopeful. All right. I think it would be a great ad. I would love to see it happen. All right. Um, Ilya Kovalchuk. For this one, I'm going to say staying put. I'm going to say staying put. I think, uh, I mean, they played New Jersey last night. Uh, they Huge comeback win. There's obviously a lot of chemistry between him and his uh, you, teammates. You can just tell how well-liked he is by his teammates. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward ahead. A little, but Montreal has Romanov potentially piercing the lineup next year, oh, next 100%. season. Um, could it be beneficial for the team to keep Kovalchuk around in kind of a mentoring capacity for uh, Romanov? Because there's no other Russian on the team at the moment. Yeah, and you look at it too as like, I don't think teams are going to be going out of their way to make ridiculous offers for a guy they could have had the, for the free minim- this year. The minimum is a second-round pick, according to Which I don't think people are going to do, to be honest. Because, A, any team could have had him for nothing, yeah. like a couple months ago. And you're not going to play him in the same role as Montreal. He's not as valuable to you. So there's no real reason to give up that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and especially in a deep draft this year. So I'm going to say he sticks around. Yep. Um, number three on the list, we got Jean-Gabriel Pajot of the Ottawa Senators. Yep. This cool. one's really hard. I I want to say he's going to stay put too. Yeah, I've I've heard I've heard uh, I've heard a lot of people bring up Edmonton as bringing in him as a three C. Uh huh. But to me, I'd be a strong third center. Absolutely, but then he has no one on the wing because Edmonton has no yeah. wingers. But. Um, to me, I agree. I think he stays put just because, again, when you're rebuilding like Ottawa is, it is important to have you know, the right older guys around to guide the younger players. You have a guy like Jean-Gabriel Pajot who is senator his entire career. He's from Ottawa. It's his hometown team. Um, I, think, I think it would be extremely short-sighted to trade him away at this year's deadline, even though his value's at probably an all-time high. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, I agree. I think he stays put. Yeah. Um, Number five, <clears throat> Sammy Vatnin from New Jersey. and He's UFA this year, correct? Yeah, UFA. $4.9 million cap hit. This one's also hard because 
It's not even sure if New Jersey wants to trade him. Yeah, I gotta look at the standings here real quick. I just gotta pull him up. Well, yeah. up because well, obviously, uh, um, but this I was listening to TS on the other day. Um, it it's gonna come down to whether or not. Um, New Jersey wants to trade him or is willing All right. to trade him. I got it. Here's my prediction. All right. Sammy Vatnin to the Winnipeg Jets. And I'm going to throw in, I'm going to say it's Roslovich coming back. Not Roslovich, maybe okay. someone else. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have made up a trade. I think Jets. Um, the Jets are three points out, I believe, right now of a of spot. Mm-hmm. Um, if... It ends up being the mutual, like all the signs point to the mutual termination of Dustin Bufflin's contract. Immediately opens up cap room. We know Winnipeg needs to address their defense. If you can find a way, now granted they've traded their first round pick in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they'd be willing to do that again. But if you can get some stuff out to bring in Sammy Vatanen, if you really think you can make a push, I think you got to do it. And I think he can help that team. Because, yeah. I mean, there's you cannot possibly work, be worse than Lucas Abisa, I don't think, on yeah. defense. Um, I mean, for me, it's going to be Carolina. Apparently, Carolina's been looking for a D. They supposedly inquired in Minnesota for Dumba for Matt Dumba. Um, that that would that would be a high cost for the Canes. But with Dougie and with Dougie Hamilton's injury. Does it, does it like create a, an opening for a potential trade here? Yeah, and so. it, it's Carolina has always been a very strong defensive team. Yeah, um, they have some good players there, um, but yeah, like it, it really depends on Dougie's in, injury, really, mm-hmm. um, and when he's coming back. Although I'd be interested to see if uh, Toronto makes a push for Vatanen. It would be interesting to see because he's a right he's a right-handed D, and I think he's uh, he's the best available right-handed D rental. Out there, yeah. So interesting to see what goes on there. Number six, I think we're only going to get time to go through the top ten. Uh, maybe we'll do that. We'll do it next next time. We'll may, next maybe time we'll next time. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see. Um, maybe things will have changed by next episode. But number six is Brandon Dillon from the San Jose Sharks. Um, left-handed D. UFA after the season, and he's at a $3.2 million cap hit. What do you think? Um, I think this is... I, I, I'm, I'm looking around right now to see who might be interested. Um, the thing for me is, like, I think... Uh, no one immediately jumps to mind to me for Brendan Dillon. I mean, obviously the Panthers could be in there as well, especially if things didn't maybe work out. With, I, I, I envision uh, Toronto makes a phone uh, call Martinez. as well. E- even though he's left-handed, I think Toronto would... Well, and I think a lot of that depends too on Morgan Riley's situation and what his timetable looks yeah. like, right? I think, yeah, but... I think there is... He, Brendan Dillon to me is one of the players I'm most confident in being moved. Yeah, because if you're the San Jose Sharks, you don't have you're, you're terrible this year. No, like no offense, you're no terrible. full offense. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, whatever. But they're not good this year, um, and you don't have your first round pick. You have to if you're going to be that bad, you have to have something. There has to be some sort of reward. Go out and get a first round pick. Do something. Um, 
it's interesting though. Like one of the teams that jumps to mind in terms of a, a a need for a player, I could see the Vegas Golden Knights need they need a defenseman, right? That would be an area they look at. But there is not a chance San Jose trades them to Vegas. Obviously, I mean, and there, there would Pete DeBoer would definitely get a say in this, um, <clears throat> whether he wants him or not, because he he obviously uh, coached him uh, for a few years. And knows his style of play, knows the guy. And I'm sure he likes the guy. Yeah, yeah I mean, you've, I'm sure they're best friends. There's no doubt. <laughs> no um, doubt about it. Not, not a <laughs> doubt in my mind. They are so, best friends. Um, this, this is kind of a hard one, but I, I mean, you said Florida gets Martinez. Yeah, I'd like to see Florida get uh, Brandon Dillon. All right, because I said, but who'd you say gets Martinez? Um. Cool, you got to start writing stuff down. Uh, <laughs> All right, um, I'm going to say since, uh, yeah, since I said Martinez to Flora, I'm going to say the New York Islanders. Okay. Because. I, I definitely think the Islanders are going to be active, or at least looking to be it's, active. It's the thing is, like, Lou Amaral is rarely active, but they could use a D, and it's getting pretty tight, especially with what Columbus is doing uh-huh. recently. Might not be a bad idea. Um, then we've got number seven, Tyler Toffoli. Tyler Foley, L.A. Um, I think I already know my pick. I'm going Edmonton. I'm going Calgary. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Both teams definitely looking for scoring help. Yeah. Um, and I think the, the the Oilers could definitely use a good winger like Foley. Yeah, I, like I say that in terms of, like, do you have the list here of the top 30? Yeah. Like, I could see, I think Calgary probably is, you're right, a better fit. I'm looking at some of the other wingers for Edmonton because I think they. I, I mean, be... does Edmonton like you know maybe uh, Anthony Cu? Anthony Cu has been thrown out there a lot because if you, you play Anthony Cu on the left with McDavid and Cassian, um, he can obviously fly. McDavid and Cassian have good chemistry, and Ken Holland knows him fairly well. We drafted him, right? So yeah. that makes more sense. So I think yeah, I think I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go power to fully Calgary. I think it makes a lot of sense. Right. Uh, next at eight. Is kind of a surprising name, but Shane Gostisbehere. That was awful pronunciation. Shane Gostisbehere. Gostisbehere. Yeah, that's probably better. Gostisbehere. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's probably better. Yeah, that's definitely better. Um, um, that's an interesting one. Three years left at four and a half million dollars. I don't think he moves. I think he stays put. But I know during the summer there's uh, uh, strong rumors indicating Montreal was very interested in him. Um. I, I, I just don't see him moving. He's not having that great of a season. No, he has not had a good season. 17 points, means. 5 goals. I I don't see it happening at this trade deadline. I um, it, it, That's an interesting it, one. It just seems like... I. It's going to be a lot... To It's going to be a high price point for any... Um, for any any contender to pay in order to get God to spare, I think I'm gonna God to spare. He's got. Does he have term left? Yeah, three years. Yeah, uh, you I, know what? I'm gonna go, I'm gonna actually say he does get moved in a hockey deal to Vegas. That I, sounds scary. I mean, uh, that could be interesting. Like, I, 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 like that sounds like a good. Well, Vegas like I'm just team. Throw, I'm just throwing out like a hypothetical, just as like a. I mean, I think because Vegas took could, that chance on Mark Stone, they did the Max Pacioretty trade. 
Who knows? Right. So I'm looking like just looking at Vegas. Right. You, your top six set. You got yeah. Uh, you got Carlson, uh, Smith, and Marsha Show. You have Pacioretty, Stone, Stastny. Yeah, that's set, right? Yeah. But then, so but then you need to improve your defense with some of the guys they have there. So do you do maybe like you, you do a deal around Alex Tuck for Shane Goss's bear? Like is that is that something that could be a possibility? I don't like. Yeah, I don't know. Just as a kind of starting. Point. I think Alex Tuck would definitely fit well in uh, Philadelphia. In Philly. Like I think that'd be an interesting hockey deal that would work out for both teams. Hmm. That's the only. I, that's the only situation I can see Shane Gosses Bear being moved. Yeah. Um, and then number nine. I mean, number ten is Carolina's first round pick, and we're running out of time right now. Uh, are we? Yeah. We yeah, we're over, but it's um, good. Andreas Anthony CU from Detroit. Uh, he's an RFA at the end of season, this season on a pitiful Detroit Red Wings uh, team with $3 million in uh, cap hit. Yeah. My pick is is Edmonton. I'm going to go Edmonton too and on that one. I, agree. I think he would fit incredibly well in Edmonton. Yeah. And I'd like to see Ken Holland make a push for that. Yeah. As for Carolina's first round pick, uh, keep it. I don't know if they keep it. Sure. Ah, who knows? Why not? It's Do whatever you want with it. It's a pick. Um... So that's the for, top ten, I yeah. guess. Yeah, I guess maybe, next maybe year, we'll take a look at the. At we can do ten through 10 twenty through next, 20, uh, next 10, week. Ten through twenty, or yeah, we could do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, Panthers back in action tomorrow night uh, against Vegas. Um, should be a great game. We'll be back with a brand new episode on Monday. Uh, we'll see you guys then. Another shot for the Cats to win it in the seventh round. Barkov.